This ain't the end of the story either. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So glad that you're here today. And if you're, you're a guest here, thank you for coming. I hope you feel welcome. I hope that you were welcomed by our hospitality folks. And, and uh, just so glad that you're here today. So glad that you made an effort to go to church. I'm telling you, the, in this decade, the great challenge and first challenge of our faith is that we decide that we're going to go to church. It's important. I believe it's paramount. I really do. I believe it's paramount. If we decide not to for any other reason, then we're missing out. Let me tell you, I know sometimes you're sick. If you're sick, stay home. That's all I got to tell you. Just stay home. But if you're doing okay, come and be in the house of the Lord. Why? It's not because the preacher wants numbers, but because we need to declare in one place among his people and the bodies places together with and declare the glory of the Lord and to praise him. You know what? I choose my Sunday to go and show up and give thanks to my God for what he has done for me and what he is doing for me. Every week he touches and moves in my life. Anybody here thankful for God for something in your life, what he's been doing? I'm telling you, if you were to really look and research, you could say things that's happened this week. This week, God has done for you. And I just choose to give him praise and glory and honor. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Yeah, church is going to have a new, brand new meeting in the world today. They say a lot of things changed since everything's gone on. Yeah, I think church is going to have a whole new, brand new meaning in the minds of people and the hearts of people. And the devil thinks he's going to destroy the church. He's just going to, he's just going to embolden the church. The church is just going to stand up in the name of Jesus Christ and do the work of the Lord as we see the day approaching. And we know that the Lord is coming. I'd like to share a few moments with you this morning, continue on with bold revelation. Today I want to talk to you about bold revival. Bold revival. We've been going through letters that were sent by Jesus, written down by John, dictated by Jesus to the churches in Asia Minor, the seven churches. I want to encourage you to come Wednesday night because I will not be able to hit in this message details of what I'll share Wednesday night about this particular letter, about this church, and the things prophetically and things that are powerful in this letter. I do believe that the Lord is reaching out to his church. I do believe Jesus is speaking to his church, and I do believe that these uh, letters sent to the seven churches of Asia Minor found in John and Revelation chapter 2 and 3 have everything to do with what we're dealing with today, dealing with the church age and dealing some of us are wanting, God, what am I supposed to do? I'll tell you. He'll tell you what you're supposed to do. He'll tell you how to live, and he'll tell you what you're not supposed to do. He doesn't leave his people blind, leave his people ignorant. He will tell us his will and his plan in our life. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 3. I'd like to read uh, verses 1 through 6. I'm going to read from the New King James Version Bible. Revelation chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. Now let's pray for the Holy Spirit, Spirit's anointing upon us to look at his word and to receive a revelation from him. 
Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we wouldn't dare look at your word until we first talk to you. We talk to you, Lord, so that your Holy Spirit, you can come and speak to us and teach us. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. Teach us and show us. What is the relevance of this for me particularly, God? What is it that you want me to receive, God? And we celebrate your word and praise you. We thank you, Lord, for how you've moved in the worship service and how your people have glorified your name. Now, Lord, help me and touch me, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Revelation chapter 3, verse 1. And to the angel of the church of Sardis write, These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name. One translation says character, reputation. That you are alive, but you're dead. Be watchful. One translation says awake and alert, but be watchful. And strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember therefore how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore if you will not watch. Which means to be awake and alert. I will come upon you as a thief. And you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names even in Sardis who have not defiled their garments and they shall walk and they shall walk with me in white for they are worthy. He who overcomes, like I said before, I'll say it again. This is not a closed, open, shut, closed case here. The conditions God gives, the necessary conditions are given, but he that overcomes means that there's going to be those who are going to overcome. This not, these are not doomsday letters. These are letters of opportunity, letters of warning with an open door. Knowing and God saying, Jesus saying, yeah, there's going to be success here. And there's going to be success. Oh, that's why I like envision when Jesus comes back. This is how I envision Jesus and the rapture taking place is this. It's going to be folks from all denominations and groups that serve the Lord and it's going to be ain't just going to be one church it's going to be all these variety of you know the tongue talkers and the water baptism ones and the ones that sing the praise and worship those who sing hill song and those who sing Bethel and those who sing with the uh, red back hymnal you know just uh, those who sing with piano and those who sing with uh, electric guitars and drums you know what I'm talking about all the, the hodgepodge the beauty of the bride of Christ who have one requirement and one requirement all that they be dressed in white and spotless and ready to meet the Lord so it's going to be Methodist and Baptist and and Church of God and Church of Christ and all the all these uh, and forgive me if I miss somebody there's just so many of them but the great thing is is that it's those who are waiting for his coming 
those who are waiting for his coming. So I just get kind of, I'm so glad that in the book of Revelation, we find the opportunity of God. I mean, there's going to be the seven bowls that will pour it out, and that's going to be judgment and all that. But right now, there's still a cry from the master. There's still a cry from Jesus saying, you can be an overcomer. You can make it in me. You can do all things through me if you believe in me. You can make it. You can be an overcomer through me. Now, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Wow. Wow, to have your name confessed through the lips of Jesus. That's pretty something. I mean, you can think of somebody famous. If they were to say my name, you know, like I was a big fan of, of John Wayne. You know, John Wayne would have said my name when I was a little boy. I thought, oh, my gosh. The Duke is calling me. But here, Jesus, the Son of God, King of kings and Lord of lords, he's going to declare your name before the angels and in heaven. Now he can do that because he knows you. He can do that because he's with you. He won't forsake you. He'll go with you all the way, all the way. I said it before, I'll say it again. I wish the Lord, when he saved us, he would have just took us home then, but it don't work that way. We get saved, we're going to do his work and serve him, and we're, we aren't even in a sprint here. We're, we're in a marathon race here. Life is long, it's a long distance there, but if we remain faithful through him, and we can remain faithful through him. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, I just let me move forward here. And he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, Sardis, the church of Sardis, in the city of Sardis, was located on top of a mountain. It had one entrance in the southern side, which was the only way you could get into the city. Only way you could get into the city in the old days. So there was one, one gate, one way into the city on a mountain was a fortress all the the sardis uh, all they had to do was that just needed to put a detail at that one place to watch the city on two occasions in history they had been invaded by the enemies because they had felt secure believing that the hill or mountain was impregnable and the guard went to sleep on the job on two occasions in 548 and 218 B.C., the enemy had scaled the walls of Sardis while the centuries slept. Now in the second half of the first century, here we read where Sardis is again, a, it's a thriving city, but has forgotten that what could easily happen to the city can happen to the church. Their walls can be scaled if those who are watchmen are asleep. Perhaps the church had also taken on that same attitude and had gone asleep. Jesus was telling the church that you need to wake up and watch out. To wake up and to watch out. The enemy is approaching you and you don't even know it. Don't let the enemy catch you asleep at the wheel. Now, 
it's interesting here that there's things about sleeping people. Now, you could probably add to this list, but I got a very short list here, okay? I'm sure you can bring up some new things and, and ideas about a sleeping person. But I'll tell you these facts about a sleeping person. Number one, a sleeping person can't see. They've got their eyes closed. If we place our minds in neutral gear as we live each day, we'll fail to see two things. First, we cannot see what God's doing. Secondly, we cannot see what's happening to our world. We're asleep. Our eyes are closed. We can't see God working miraculously around us and in our life and to other people. We're asleep. Or we're asleep, our eyes are closed, and we can't even see what's happening to our world and how the enemy is infiltrating and in our surroundings and where we are. We become blind also to divine vision and indifferent to the satanic activity that is around us because we're asleep. We're sleeping through it. We're just, our eyes are closed, we're unaware, we don't know what's going on because a sleeping person can't see. They can't see. A sleeping person also can't think. You know, when you're sleeping, you can't experience rational thoughts. You may be asleep and suddenly think that you're at McDonald's. And you, and you order a Whopper. No, I know what I'm talking about. See, you're not thinking. You order a Whopper and the server says, we don't have Whoppers here. We only, we only serve chicken. You want a four-piece, three-piece, extra crispy or what? And you're laying there, you're asleep because you're not thinking. You, you have crazy dreams and odd things because you're asleep. You're not aware. You can't think through things. If there ever was a time for the children of God to be mindful, it's now. We need to clear our thoughts with a lot of junk and start thinking about what God wants, what the Lord is thinking, what his word says, and begin to live according, start thinking, use our stinking head. Like George Myers says, get rid of your stinking thinking. You know, you've got to believe God. You've got to follow him, listen to him. We've got all the advantage of heaven on our side. We have all those that have gone before us. And those that are there that are heavenly beings that were created and angels and God himself. And he's cheering us on. We've got the greatest edge and opportunity. It is a lopsided warfare and we don't even see it. All we need to do is start thinking that greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. If God be for us, who can be against us? I can do all things. It's not that I might do all things or I could do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And on and on and on and on and on. That we got to not be asleep, but be awake and aware. No matter whatever touches us, it touches God first. You hear me that. Hear me. If you are a bona fide, born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you're a new creature in Christ, you now belong to God. Don't you be afraid of anything out there that might touch you because it's got to go through Jesus first. And if it goes and it reaches you, you've got a master and a savior says, you can be an overcomer. You're going to overcome this. You're going to deal with this. I'm going to do something miraculous in your life. 
opportunity for testimony. That's, you know, opportunity for testimony. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Sleeping person can't think. A sleeping person can't pray. <laughs> when Jesus was in the garden, he was praying. He turned to his disciples in his most agonizing moment. He's praying and his blood was flowing as sweat from his face because the anxiety of sin being placed upon him of the world and what he was going to face and he turned and he saw his disciples asleep he even had to wake them up and said could you not pray for one hour sleeping people they don't pray maybe how's your prayer life how's your prayer life those sleeping people don't pray they can't pray they're they're asleep Somebody say, praise the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, wow, God's speaking to me this morning. Hey, it's hitting me too. Do you think preachers are, are perfect? Well, my wife can tell you otherwise. Yeah, I'm a human being that want to proclaim the truth in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But here it is. The, today the church has turned away from even looking for the return of Jesus Christ. Some of us, how many here have alarm, alarm clocks? Raise your hand or, or maybe use your phone. Some of you are probably more modern and use your phone for your alarm. Set the alarm on there. If you do, yeah, uh-huh. You, yeah. I really, I, I'd love to ask some of you how you set your alarm, how you schedule your morning. Uh, the thing is, is that some of us will set our alarm for the last possible moment before we need to wake up, go to school, go to work. The last possible. Some of us guys strategically playing for a three-hit snooze. But we got an alarm set. We're going to work it out the last possible moment to wake up for school or for work. We know what time we need, what time we need to be there to get there where we're going to go. We got it, we got it planned out. Planned out. And then and then when we get held up in traffic. By an accident or by the, then, then, then we convince ourselves, you know, I'm going to plan a little bit earlier here in case I get detained by this train on this track. And you start learning as you go, but we know what time we need to, to get there by. I mean, right there, maybe right there, five before, five minutes before. Shame on you if you show up later than five minutes before work. That's all I got to say. If you do, if you don't, then you're running. You're running in the door. I got to make it in there. I got to get in time. All right. We know what time we need to be there by. And we're aware of the schedule it takes. However, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. We don't know what time he's coming back. We can look at the signs that point to his return and the rapture take place. And let me tell you, in this Bible, there is nothing in the Word of God that has to happen before the rapture takes place. There's nothing that has to happen before the rapture takes place. You know what had to happen? Jesus had to come. Jesus had to die. Jesus had to raise from the dead. Jesus had to ascend and be next to the Father. After that, there was no other requirements for Jesus to come back again and the rapture. So don't try and strategize and think I'm waiting for the right moment. You better not be waiting. Now is the right moment. For no man knows the day nor the hour that the Son of Man cometh. 
He's coming back. So we need to be, as some preachers call, rapture ready. Rapture ready. How many here want to be rapture ready? How many here ready to fly? I, I think God is going to be in twinkling of an eye. It's going to be so fast, I won't even know I flew. Because I might be a little scared. You know what I mean? I've been on airplanes before. I've circled around runways up in the air, and I'm going like this in the airplane, and they're going around. And I'm praying, dear God, let this thing land, let it land, let it land. What are you doing, pilot? You're going crazy here. You're going around and around until he finds a, a, a runway. I don't enjoy that. But he's coming in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. A trump of God's going to sound and we're going to leave this place and get out of here. And I'll tell you what, more and more, maybe it's my experience in life, experience in this world, I'm ready. I want to go. I don't understand the world anymore. I don't understand the thinking and the ideas and the, the lack of morality and the cruelty and the hatred and the, the antichrist spirit that's around us. I want to get out. I'm looking forward to seeing my master. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing his face for the first time. Some of you may have seen Jesus before. But I've never seen him, but I want to see him. I want to thank him. I want to embrace him I want to be with him and all the rest of the world they can stay here if they want but I'm getting out of here sleeping people they you know but the thing is you can't wait to the last possible moment even Jesus said in Revelation 3 and 3 but if you do not wake up I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Now, somehow I believe it's very true that, you know, he's going to come as a thief in the night. It's going to happen, going to surprise people. But I believe in my heart that we can be so close to Jesus that we're just going to know his coming is so near. Do you know what I mean? So he's kind of stating here, there, here that if, he said, uh, if you do not wake up, I'll come like a thief, and you will not know what time I will come to you. That's for those who don't wake up. He'll come as a thief. But those who are looking for his return, there's going to be something in the air. There's going to be an atmosphere in the air. There's going to be a fulfillment of scripture of the last days. There's going to be a great awakening. It's going to happen in America, in America church, uh, that we're going to be set on fire by the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, souls are going to be saved. The Lord is going to bring a great harvest into his kingdom before he comes and catches them away. I believe that. I truly believe it. Because I think things will get so obvious and ridiculous that the backslider is going to run back to God. Say, oh my gosh, the preacher told me about this and this is happening. I mean, recently what's on the news now is a good talk of maybe eventually having digitalized money. Well, you won't carry it anymore. Sounds pretty convenient. To move from there to a mark. Do you know what I'm saying? The world thinks that they're improving, but the world is getting set up. And Jesus is coming back again. I, I mean, just on and on. We just talk on and on, all this obvious stuff that's happening. I believe it's just going to get so obvious that people are going to start praying, Oh, my Lord, you're coming back. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready.
then Noah, we will sit at his feet one day. We will be at him and see him face to face one day. He's coming back after you. Why? Because he loves you. He's tired of you getting picked on. He's tired of the devil messing with you, with his bride. I'll tell you what. You can upset me. You really want to get me upset. Mess with my bride. I'm serious. Mess with my bride. Now, she can take care of herself, but, I mean, I've given her real good training, you know. You mess with my bride, then you're hitting a sensitive spot there. How much do you think Jesus Christ thinks of you? And the enemy trying to tear you down, put fear on you, and put stuff and junk on you, and condemnation on you. He's tired of the devil messing with his bride. And one of these days, the father's going to tell him, and say, come on, it's wedding day. It's time for you to go and get your bride. A bride that is chasing, waiting, wanting. Not a bride that's fooling around with somebody else. This, this is where really is a spiritual adultery. When you choose the things of the world, you become enemy to God. You need to be in love with Jesus and love him so much that you want to be holy you want to be blameless. You want to serve him. I can tell you all about the flames of hell. But I'm telling you, the love of Jesus Christ is enough for you and I to decide to stay holy with him. Not a fear of judgment, but the joy of relationship that keeps us holy. Yeah? Mm -hmm. That's why you feel bad when you do things you're not supposed to do. There's been a break in the love there, love relationship. You know, you've hurt, you've, you've done something to this, this bond. And the Lord, what does Jesus do? He looks at you and say, I hate you. I can't stand you. I don't want you in my life. You stay away from me. Don't ever say my name again. No, no. He reaches out with his loving arms. And he says, I love you. I'll heal you. I'll help you. I won't forsake you. I'll never fail you. That's enough to stay holy. Because you love him, love him. How many here love Jesus? Oh, my goodness. Oh, praise the Lord. I knew I'd get off the track here, but that's okay. I'm a preacher. I got a license to do so. Did you know that? Yeah. If I'm teaching a college course somewhere, I got to stay with the outline. When I teach MIP, I'm supposed to give what semblance of that outline is and what they're learning in the ministerial internship program. When I teach, I've got to stick that outline. But I'm to, I, my daughter's looking at me. She says, I know my dad's probably not that good at that. I really am. I really am. But I still have to move a little bit, you know, this way and a little bit more freedom. But the thing is, is that God is speaking to you. And the Holy Spirit has called me. He called me over 40 years ago. Well, actually, 43 years ago. Well, 45 years ago. And we, it's climbing, okay? But I, I'm stopping there. 45 years ago. And he told me, I want, you to, I want you to preach my word. I want you to tell the people about me. And the way that I bring for salvation. And with that call, I've tried to be true and I've tried to move forward. I've tried to be faithful. I've tried to be committed. 
You know why? Because I've found him to be faithful and committed and good to me and always faithful to me. And he always does the work when the work needs to get done. Even though if I, if I mess up and I make mistakes and my sermons get all messed up, the Holy Spirit says, I'll preach it for you. I'll go and minister it to the people and reach their hearts. And I'm going to make this testimony and declaration to you this morning. May I resign and leave this place if I go through the mundane, robotic way of having church. The Spirit moves and He lists as the wind blows, Jesus said, and you don't know from whence it comes and where it goes. Do you think you can put that in a box? Do you think you could put it in an hour time frame? Do you think you could put it in maybe a couple songs, a, a scripture, a poem, and three points, and we all go home? I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is out to get a hold of you. He's out to get a hold of me. He's out to change and create and make something lifeless like this world and move and brood upon it where the creation will take place and he'll come and rest upon you and do something mighty in your life. You know what? Uh, I don't want I don't want a program. I want the power of God. I want the living presence of the Lord. I don't want to just put my time in and go home. Why? Because life brings death. Life brings sickness. Life brings heartache. And if we don't pay attention to the Holy Spirit while we're here, we may miss a God moment where God wants to touch the one who is just about ready to face the worst crisis of their life. People face something Monday, but then they say, glory to God, the Holy Spirit just touched me on Sunday. Oh, the Holy Ghost move in a mighty way. I'm not saying God only works on Sundays. He doesn't. He works 24-7. But I'm telling you, there's something about something holy when his bride gets together. And we get together and we glorify the Lord. Sardis thought they were impregnable. But the guard went to sleep. You may think you're pretty secure. But if you're asleep spiritually... There's an enemy that's out to destroy you. And he will. He will destroy you. He will. But then there's the Lord who sits on the throne, who is high and lifted up. And no one sits beside him. He'll take care of us. We put our faith in him. But we got to wake up. Wake up so you can see. So you can think. So you can, you can speak so God can use you. Why did the Lord save you? Why did the Lord save you and me? If you think just so you make it to heaven, you're cutting things really short and you're missing out on a whole. He saved you because you're in the middle of a group of other people. He saved you so that you might be that light that shines in darkness. So that you may tell those around you, your family, your friends, your co-workers, your neighbors. So that you might be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And heaven's a great place.
Hey, I read about it. It's pretty great. Pretty great. Pretty great. But we need to be awake. There was a lady that, 95 years old, her daughter went to my church years ago. And this lady, she was ill. She was in a nursing home care facility, and she was near death. And Fran had contacted me said, Pastor, would you come? Of course, I was ready to go. You know, I, I knew this was a serious moment. Lee and I went. And there in that room, in that bed, was this 95-year-old woman that hadn't moved, hadn't budged, hadn't done anything. And a nurse would come in and wait on her once in a while. Fran and I and Leah sat at a table on the other end of the room. And she, we began to talk. And Fran told me, she said, Pastor Bynum, there, we've had a pact in my family of that for five generations it's happened we made an agreement that when heaven began to open when we pass that we would raise our arm up and let it down when we begin to see heaven open up at the time of passing and raise our arm well here's this woman never moved never budged we're talking and I look over and I see her face begin to change in countenance begin to turn blue I knew then cardiac arrest or uh, pulmonary problem and she was dying I said Fran you might want to go to your mom right now all three of us got up from the table began to walk toward that bed and all of a sudden this still unmovable woman did this I mean I don't know where it came from I don't know have no idea where it came it went up and went down and she was gone Fran said with big eyes, she said, Pastor, did you see that? Did you see that? I said, oh, yeah, but I wonder what she saw. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He say, let me tell you, heaven's real. Jesus is real. He's relevant. And he's yours. If you let him be, he's yours. If you let him be. If you let him be. I'm speaking to every student in this room. All generations represented in here. Why is it when we talk about heaven, it's always the the old people talking about it. Let me tell you, if persecution arises, it's all generations will talk about it. So therefore, do not be so comfortable. Be awake, waiting. The greatest moment of all time is about ready to occur. Let me read some scriptures Paul wrote in Romans 13, 11 through 14. And do this knowing the time that now it's high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day and not in reverie or drunkenness and not in lewdness or lust, not in strife or envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no, no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. First Thessalonians 5 and 6 says, Therefore let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Titus 2, 11 through 13 says, you know, anybody could be ready for a return, you know, if we set the alarm because we know what our schedule is. But, it is. but the unexpected return of Jesus is where we need to be ready. Now, Titus, Titus 2 and 11 through 13 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Looking 
for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul writes Ephesians 2. I'll give you the word of even if I mess up on my outline and preaching. I'll give you the word of God. Ephesians 2, 1 and 2 and 5 says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Even when we were dead in trespasses. Somebody, do you remember your dead season? Do you remember your dead season? You know, that, that was some of us, our, our, our party season. That was our cussing season, our lying season, our deceiving season, you know, our, our dead season. That when, even when we were dead in trespasses, we're made alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Anybody here alive this morning? Anybody here awake this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And here's Sardis. They had a reputation being alive. Jesus said, no, you're dead. They had a past. Well, they were a glorious church. And they just kept on riding on the past. Are you riding on the past this morning? Are you riding on the past that your mama prayed for you when you were little? And you grew up in a Christian home. Riding on the past saying, well, that's enough to carry you in this, in this life and carry you on until eternity. Are you riding in the past where 15 years ago you gave your heart to the Lord and you got baptized, but you know your life has not been consistent with that decision? I'm telling you, come alive in Christ. Be alive in him now and make a decision for him now. Why? No man knows the day nor the hour the Son of Man cometh. And he's coming back. Oh, yeah? And he wants to come back for you, for you and I, for you and I. Would you stand with me? Now, how are you spiritually, really? How are you spiritually, really? Are, you, are, are, are we just going through the motions? God wants to make us closer to him. He makes us, and this relationship with the Lord is a decision that we make with God, that we decide we're going to serve him. You make up your decision today, say, Lord, I am going to be rapture ready. I'm going to be ready for your coming. I'm ready, Lord, to live for you no matter what and serve you. And I choose you, Lord, above everything. Of everything. I don't know. I tell you what, there's a side of me. I try to preach with energy and energy today. This is exciting. But I, God just keeps taking us to a place of decision. I can't, I can't get away from it. I wouldn't want to anyway. Here it is. You got it. You know, I just, I just I want you to have this decision in your life to serve the Lord. You'll never ever be the same again. No playing games, getting real with God. How many here this morning say, Pastor, I really, I want to get real with God. I want to be real with him. I'm not saying this is a hand raised that you got to confess your sins. However, many of us maybe have to do that. But I mean, but you made up your mind. I'm going to be real for the Lord. I'm going to be real for him. Real. Now, if you raise your hand, leave it raised right now. I'm going to pray for you right now.
Now, Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, move in us. Move inside of us, Father. Touch us. Let us be aware of your presence. Let us wake up so we can hear you. We can see you. We can meditate on you because you're first and foremost. In the name of Jesus Christ, be empowered. The Holy Ghost begin to move that you have wake-up moments. Wake-up moment from your sleep, your natural sleep. You wake up and the Lord's speaking to you. Oh, uh, you're going to hear a message on the radio, on television. Say, oh, my gosh. Lord, you're speaking. You're going to open up the Bible, and the Bible's just going to, the Lord's just going to keep on speaking to you. And you, you won't believe the things that you're going to receive. And enlightenment by his scriptures is coming alive in him. Touch your people, God. Minister to us, Lord. We glorify you and praise you. Now, I ask for raised hands of praying over you. I wonder now, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I need Jesus to be Lord of my life. I need Jesus to be Lord of my life. He's not Lord of my life now, but I need him now. I need him now. I choose the Lord. I choose him. Just raise your hand quickly. Raise your hand up quickly. God bless you. There's some others in the house. I know you're really waiting. I'm talking to all generations here today. Some students in the house that need to raise their hands and say, I make a decision for you, Jesus. Is there anyone else? God bless someone. Raise your hands. There's someone else that I need the I need the Lord. I need the Lord. I need the Lord. Just raise your hand quickly. Quickly. Anyone else in the house? Will you pray this prayer with me? You who raise your hand. I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. And I want the church to pray it with me. Pray it out loud. Because chances are, odds are, there's people didn't raise their hand that need to pray this morning. Pray this prayer and say it. Dear Lord, I give you myself. I won't run away from you. I'm going to run towards you. I'm going to serve you. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. I want to follow close to you. I want to hear your voice. I want to follow your leading. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Praise the Lord. Oh, I just felt God that we give the Lord a clap offering a break. Thank you, Jesus.